0: Hi there, and welcome to the Birth Story Therapist Podcast, a safe space for mamas and parents to share their birth stories, discuss common issues experienced with parenting, feel heard and validated, engage in discussion about the complexity of their motherhood journeys and how they manage their mental health along the way. Come here every week to hear from mamas who are just like you, figuring it out one day at a time, Here from myself, Crystal, licensed therapist, host of this podcast, and private practice owner of Southeast Perinatal Counseling. I specialize in maternal mental health, if you haven't guessed already. I'll share helpful tips and techniques to manage your mental health as you navigate motherhood, both in the perinatal and postpartum period, as well as bring on other mamas so you can gain from their history, their stories maybe some gems that you can apply to your motherhood journey. And of course, I also have on professionals within the maternal mental health space that might be able to offer additional techniques and resources to help you along the way. So I am really excited to be joined on this episode uh, with one of our mamas. Before you tell us a little bit about who you are, I just want to tell you how thankful I am be sharing this space with you and I cannot wait to hear your beautiful birth story and journey in motherhood Uh, throughout your time and sharing with me I extend to you support and empathy and just grace as you share your story with the listeners so tell us who are you what do you do and any other information that might be helpful in getting to know you
1: yeah well thank you for having
0: me first
1: um, I'm excited to be on the podcast. Um, my name is Taylor. I currently am a mom of one, a little boy. He's three years old. I currently work in finance, and um, yeah, it's pretty much it. My life revolves around working my child and my family. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, tell us a little bit about um, how you became a family of three.
1: Yeah, so we weren't really trying per se. Um, we were married. Um, got married in 2016. And sorry if you hear him in the background; he's a little rambunctious right now. Uh-huh. But we got married in 2016, um, and it wasn't a honeymoon baby per se. But I felt like every time, you know, I thought I was pregnant, and I would take a test. I would get kind of sad when it was negative. Mm-hmm. So when it, I finally took one
0: just I guess a quick background of that um I literally
1: woke up at like 5 a.m and went to the pantry and got salt and vinegar chips and was sitting up watching golden girls because I'm like I can't go to sleep I'm craving like all this crazy stuff so the next morning um, you know a couple hours go by I'm like I need to go get a pregnancy test I literally go to target grab like a first response test the most expensive ones I'm like why not whatever I feel like it's time
0: (laughs) and um I I didn't even have to wait the full three minutes or whatever the
1: waiting period was before like two lines appeared I'm like oh my goodness (laughs) like this is crazy so I call my husband he's at work at this time and I don't even like say you know give him any like heads up about him to say I'm like we have to change the carpet upstairs because we're gonna have a baby <laughs> we had a we were living in an older home and I've basically been wanting to change out this carpet for a long time and I'm like well I don't know why the first thing that came to my mind was change the carpet because we're having a baby all I can think about is like a baby calling on old carpet from people who were living in the house before us so that's where that came from but yeah it's not that we weren't trying we just said if it happened it happened um you know surprising i was surprised it happened because doctors told me that would be difficult but um yeah um so that's pretty the basis of how we became a little family
0: yeah. So you mentioned that the doctors told you that it might be challenging or difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're wanting to share that, could you just let us in a little bit more, just to tell us? Yeah. 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 I have um, ovarian cysts now. They're they're benign,
1: but they were just saying like you know they don't know what, if if it'll be a, a hindrance. So I shouldn't be like disappointed if I you know it takes a little bit longer mm. to get pregnant or anything like that. Uh, my mom had... Suffered from like fibroids, which was a a big factor when I gave birth. I actually, had to have an emergency C section because they grew, they grew so big that mm. I could not push. So um, they are actually blocking to where I, he could not, you know, he couldn't like come.
0: Right. Oh wow. So walk us through that. So how was your pregnancy? What were some of the things that you would say were Um, maybe some highlights and what were some of those challenging moments throughout your pregnancy? Sorry, you're breaking up just a little bit. What'd you say? I said, what were some of those highlights throughout your pregnancy and what were some of those challenging moments for you? Yeah.
1: So the highlights, that Watching him, like feeling, you know, him grow, um, connecting with your body in a different way, um... Connected with my mom in a different way because I'm, you know, I guess growing up, we had a close relationship, but it was always butting heads. I was, I'm definitely a daddy's girl, but um, we connected more because, you know, now I can see what it takes to bring life into this world. And any, I guess any mom can tell you, like, it's not the easiest thing to make life and sustain life. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, that was a highlight. Um, the low parts were definitely the birth. I pretty, I had a pretty um, smooth pregnancy um, up until like the last trimester. Um, you were actually in our mutual friend's wedding while I was pregnant with me, right? Like mm-hmm. we were both in the yeah. same wedding.
0: Exactly. Um, it was like a few weeks before I gave birth there. And um, after the wedding, I just started getting
1: like all these crazy pains I had ground ligament pains, So the low parts were the pain and um, being scared of that C-section because I had no idea. I was nine centimeters when they decided that I would have to have that um, dilated. So I, um, I just remember crying And I think
0: I was crying because it was a mix of fear that I was going to have to
1: have major surgery and then also that I was going to meet my son Mm. any minute now.
0: So it's like, what do you do? You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, when you speak of that fear, were there any things that helped? Um, Maybe when you. Got the information from your provider that you know, although you're dilated, we're gonna have to do emergency uh, cesarean. Or did you sort of go into delivery with that fear still in place?
1: I actually went in with the fear. Um, nothing they could say could calm me down. Um, okay. My husband, he was he was there, um, but I think he was scared too. But was trying his best to not like show that he was afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, but literally, I just remember being rolled down the the, the hallway, Whew. and um, I remember looking up at the clock on the outside of the wall. It's at like four, It was around four o'clock in the afternoon, and um, they told. I just remember them telling my husband to stay outside. So I'm like, why would we do, like, why can't he come in? Like, why does he need to stay? Because usually he can, you know, the husband's going to come in. Mm-hmm. And this is all pre-COVID, obviously. So there was no, like, restrictions in hospitals and things like that. Um, so, apparently, I had, was, I had a fever. I caught a fever. So they had to, I was literally strapped down to the table. Like, arms dropped down, um, shaking couldn't do anything I told them I was cold they, they couldn't put any um blankets over me because I would overheat because I was already hot but I felt cold and um when it was just a very odd experience because um if I could just be real for a second I didn't <sighs> it wasn't my doctor who delivered like my main OB it was another OB and um I can I was still awake like obviously I was still awake for the cesarean or whatever but um I remember them like when I got cut them talking about like my fibroids and things like that like I was kind of like a or something on the table right so mm-hmm. there were, I felt like it was kind of like I guess I guess if there were maybe students in the in the room I get it whatever but the bedside manner was just like Totally off. Mm. So um, I didn't like the poking and prodding and saying like, oh, like, you know, all that you know, because I'm like worried about my child because I heard no cries or anything like that. So finally, I, I told them that I wanted originally that I wanted um, him to be, you know, fresh out the womb on my chest so I can have like that bonding moment. That didn't happen. They brought him to me all cleaned up, hat on, snuggled up. Thankfully, he had, you know, he was healthy and everything, but it wasn't, like, my plan, I uh-huh. guess you would say, because my birth plan for that to happen. So when I knew that that wasn't going to happen, I, I had time to think, okay, well, what is the first thing I'm going to say to my son? Like, what is the first thing I'm going to my son? My husband's not here. I'll track down to the table. I can't hold him like I want to. So I literally was just, like, when they brought him over to me to see eyeline, I'm like, I love you so much, I love you so much, I love you so much. I think that's why we're closed down to you, because the first thing I literally said to him was, I love you. Like, the first thing in my mouth. So, yeah. So that was, like, the low, but then the high was just seeing him, you know? So, I don't know, it was just, like, a weird mix of emotions between fear and anxiety and anger at them for, you know, not closing me up, like, immediately and just, you know, I don't know, it felt
0: very um, invasive, although it was ironically, it's an invasive type of surgery. The way they went about it was kind of invasive, and I did I did consult the hospital about it. I wrote I wrote to them. About it, too. Wow, um, yeah. I'll just say, like just listening to your story, I my heart was I, at one point it was beating extremely fast, and then I felt like it like maybe dropped a little bit just like mm-hmm. listening. Um... And I don't know if you've ever used the word traumatic or, you know, categorized or labeled your birth experience, but there are definitely aspects of it that, you know, I've heard other mothers say was quite traumatic for them. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, and that's why I get, like, kind of, I don't really, because I know people don't mean any harm when they say, like, you know, what are you having another one? You you can't Mm -hmm. grow up alone. Like, well
1: birth thing is not, like, an easy thing, right. no matter how easy it may come to you, like, sustaining a pregnancy is not easy either, so although I had a fairly, relatively easy pregnancy, like, as far as, like, the trimesters, delivery is a whole different ballgame, so I know people don't mean any harm when they say, you know, it's time for another one, or he needs a sibling, whatever, whatever, they have no idea, like, what goes on. Right. Or how your family dynamic is right now. So I think we're good with our little tribe of three. <laughs> my husband, he he's just not for it. Um, he loves, I mean, we would love to have another, but he literally says to me when I get, like, baby fever, do you know what happened? Do you realize, like, I couldn't go in the room? Do you realize, like, I could have lost you? Do you realize I you have another baby? I cannot raise two kids on my own. So it's kind of like on his own so he just doesn't want to put me through that especially like with the black maternal death rate and things like that he's like no no no, no. yeah we survived we survived that it was kind of like a you know a gift that he's healthy we don't want to like play our cards too many times
0: so wow yeah. mm-hmm. Uh well your husband sounds very supportive um let me just say that <laughs> yeah very supportive, but I want to go back for a moment. So you mentioned, you know, having been told we're going to have to do an emergency, cesarean, um, and you going into delivery with that fear. And then after, or rather during, you know, there's fear, husband isn't there, birth plan is not going the way that you intended it to do so, um, and in, in, to some degree i would imagine there's also fear in that area that like wait a minute like they're down there they're poking they're prodding baby i can't see him dad isn't here to see him were there um aside from being able to i guess come up with something comforting to to say to baby boy Once want you and is it okay if i say his name yeah Evan, yes, to say to Evan once you were finally able to be at eye level with him, I love you. Was there something else that you might have said um, that brought you some type of ease or comfort or, talk to me about that. Like, what? how were you able to manage just being in there alone? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, I just have, you know, strong faith and I was just very thankful to God that he delivered him. No problems, no, well, No initial problems, because he had to go to NICU for a few days, but um, no initial
1: problems. Um, He had 10 fingers, 10 toes, perfectly healthy, looked like an angel, (laughs) you know, lifted from the (laughs) womb. So I think just um, seeing him on this side, like outside of my belly, being delivered, was um, it wasn't really like a thought, it was just like, because it was more of a physical, like I knew he was here, it's all good.
0: Like, I don't even care about me anymore right now. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What was it like to, you know, I'm sure after leaving the OR, there must have been like a recovery room or something like that. I know from my C section experience, it took a moment um, for me to wake up from it. Um, But what was it like to be reunited with not just Evan, but, you know, to see faces that were safety, you know, that brought security to you? You through all that and then you forget once you look at your baby, says I know it sounds kind of corny or cheesy but um I didn't think about it again until like he was asleep if that makes sense so mm-hmm. when I wasn't concentrating on him it's when I had time to think
1: about what just happened because like you have a rush of emotions
0: right. but literally my, my grandmother
1: my husband's grandfather my grandpa my um and my husband's grandfather actually just happened to be up from Florida that week, and I was supposed to give, not give birth for another week. So it just all happened like serendipitously that he was there. But um, my parents and my in-laws were all at the hospital waiting, and my mom was um, trying to comfort everyone else because she had experience having a C-section. So my mother-in-law was kind of scared for me because she never had to go through that. So my mom was telling me, no, she's going to be okay, like, I know my daughter would be fine, whatever, so, um, but, making, like, knowing that they were there, my dad actually left everyone in the waiting room to come and, like, find me, he just told the nurses, like, my daughter's back mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he didn't even tell everyone, but where he was going, he was just like, I gotta go see my daughter, so I think just having that little bit of time with my dad kind of brought me back down, like, you know, forgetting about all the craziness, and that's just, I'm not, it doesn't, trauma goes away it's just you don't you know you don't have time to dwell on it because you are looking at all your blessings and rank right in your
0: face so right right okay how now since um how old is evan he is three three years old and since then how have you all um sort of created a family of your own
1: It's just so funny just watching them grow up. Um, We just see a lot of both of ourselves in him. So he is kind of, you know, social like me, but he is still, you know, calm and mild-mannered like his dad. Um, I think just um, having, instilling core values in him and, you know, just making sure we have time, even though we both work. Um, we have a solid family unit, um, our family's here to help, like, in watching him and everything, so, um, just, it feels like we're more than a family of three because we have, like, so many of our relatives here, like, it's kind of crazy how many babysitters I have, which I'm, I'm very grateful for, but, um, yeah, we just, um, we are intentional in making time with them. so when we get off work, it's like, he helps us cook dinner. Couldn't wait for this stage, I loved every stage, but I couldn't wait for the stage where you can talk and have some personality, and, you know, um, you see him grow, because I think it's just such a blessing to see them, to see them grow up, you know, um, but, yeah, the family of three is just, I can't even, like, another corny line, I know you, you've heard it, probably heard it before, but you can't imagine life like what it was like before,
0: mm-hmm. before um,
1: no matter how hard it was for it to bring him into this world, you just can't imagine.
0: right now you mentioned instilling core values has there ever been a point to where you know you and your husband bringing you know y'all's upbringing and maybe learned values throughout adulthood has there ever been a time where um maybe there's been a um maybe not a disagreement but just a difference in opinion and how you all sort through parenthood with regard to disagreements um or um differences rather with regard to values
1: yeah um, not really I think we agreed early on that we weren't going to like spank or anything because we kind of grew up with spanking and we're like mm, don't want to do that um how I said when I was pregnant that I was probably gonna be a disciplinarian he's gonna be the softy because like that's gonna be his like his son his real dog whatever you know Mm -hmm. but it ended up being reversed I was like the softy and Evan's like my best friend and Matt's like the discipline like he's he's like he's not too young to learn you know to know better (laughs) like he he knows like not to you know go upstairs with his shoes on yeah the little things like that you know like it's silly things but um but, um, yeah, I mean, not really. Not the big things,
0: no. It's always, like, the little things, like, the little stupid things that we kind of disagree about.
1: Like, whether he can have what he wants for dinner <laughs> or not, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, watching an episode of TV when he should be, you know, little things like that. But as far as, like, the, the big things, we, we've discussed that before he was born. It, it was, like, non-negotiable. So things like, um, respect, um, pretty much respect revolves around every, everything, right? Respect, um, let's see, uh, education, um, we're not, we don't budge on that, like he is, you know, scheduling, now he may not go to sleep when you want him to sometimes, but um, he's a good kid, so, um, but I think we, I think you just have to adjust to your child because they have their own personalities too, so you can have all these, like, plans, But as you know, children can rock your world, Mm
0: -hmm. so, um,
1: you know, we just had to maybe adjust our thoughts behind certain things just a little bit, because he's such a good kid. Like, I'm not saying that because I'm his mom, he really is, like, a good kid, so... I think that's just because he takes after his dad.
0: <laughs> I thought a joke was coming there. I thought you. Yeah. I, I thought for sure you were going to say, "Well, that's just because of me." That's hilarious. No, no, it's
1: definitely not me. <laughs> I was not <laughs>
0: That is hilarious.
1: So props to him.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So um, when it comes to, I guess, just um, managing the day-to-day. Roles and responsibilities um, of being a mom and being a dad within y'all's family unit. We also, you know, have to talk about what it looks like for you and your spouse in terms of, you know, keeping things alive and, you know, still having um, very much so a dating life within um, your family. And so, how have you seen things change? Um, yeah. for the better and maybe some some ways that you think oh I kind of want to get back to doing this mm-hmm. since having baby Evan
1: yeah so I will start from I guess I'll pro- do a progress, a progress report so um, <laughs> in the beginning it was rough just kind of navigating you know a whole like a new life you know as a mom you just wanna, like pour into your kid constantly 24 7 and you know, I was, I'm very thankful to have a cousin who's very hands-on, but almost too hands-on because I'm so controlling, so like, no, don't do it like that. And then I kind of maybe, not pushed away from doing things, but I think I brought it on myself to, like, if I needed help, he would be, like, well, hesitant to do it because I would say initially, no, I'll do it like, I'll do it myself, I'll do it myself. <laughs> so we had to kind of communicate about me letting go was giving too much of myself to my child and not enough to just myself or to him so fast forward a few years um but we since like like i, like I said we have a lot of like help around for family so um we definitely um friday nights will go out you know as a family but there are certain nights we'll just um you know, either my parents or his parents, because it's important for them, for them to spend uninterrupted time with their grandparents too, without me hovering over them, um, <laughs> making sure he's not eating too much ice cream, things of that nature. You know, um, but uh, we will, you know, plan ahead and just say, okay, we're going to have to eat, or we'll just stay in and you know order in our favorite food and watch a movie that we can't watch when he's. Um, we definitely, you know, even though we both work full-time, we still text each other, like, Flurry texts and things like that. I think it's just important, like, all, like, consistently every day. We think, people think day has to be so formal and, you know, planned and things like that. No. Um, yes, we do have planned day nights, but also we make it a point to text each other, you know, that we love each other in the middle of the day at work. Kind of make it a contest like, who's going to text first? Like, who, who thought about who first kind of thing? Um, that is kind of silly, but it's it's cute to me um, um sometimes we'll carpool you know to work so that we, we like if we have to drop heaven off in the morning we'll have time with each other just you know I can get a coffee he gets, or he can get a coffee I get a tea and we just um we'll carpool to work sometimes so that you know you know commuting to work could be like an hour in your day so we can spend that time together Sort of it apart um, and help the environment at the same time. But um, we, thankfully, um, our work didn't stop through COVID. Um, but we had to go in, so that was just like another layer. But um, yeah, we have we never worked from home or anything, so we still had to. Our schedules haven't changed, but yeah, we just make it intentional about um, just being there for each other and knowing that we are, are not. If we're not happy. So we have
0: to just be happy. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it. I feel like the way that you explained um, how to be intentional um, about making time for your partner is so important. Um, I do think that majority of couples... Um, typically think of the planning that goes behind, you know, spending that one on time together. But I mean, you brought up some really beautiful ideas, you know, like being able to carpool together to work. I mean, that within itself is like you said, like that's an entire hour that you could potentially spend together. That's amazing, that's amazing. I know that there are mamas who are gonna hear this and they're like, check, I'm putting this down. (laughs) So let me just say, I appreciate you saying that so much because I um, have talked to so many other moms who, including myself, who um, could definitely, um, you know, figure out some different ways. I I like the fact that you called it a progress report because it is so important that we kind of check in about the. Those things mm-hmm. to make sure that we're not, um, as you say, giving all of ourselves to our littles and mm-hmm. not having enough left over for our spouse. Right. Yeah. And so you mentioned your spouse. Now I'm going to ask you about you. So what does yeah. Taylor look like within um, motherhood, within being a spouse? Like who who is Taylor? Since all of these blessings have come your way. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's
1: like a loaded question. Oh well, I got married and pregnant very young, fairly young compared, I guess, compared to peers and things. I was twenty three when I got married, twenty five when I gave birth. It was literally nine months married that I got pregnant, so um, it was kind of quick. So I sometimes, if I just be honest, I mourn the fact that I didn't have like a quote unquote. 20s and mm-hmm. I've talked about this with my husband he knows um but the good thing is we've traveled together because we were dating since I was 20 years old yeah we met when I was like 20 years old so um we're 21 I can't remember but anyway um we traveled a lot you know together so I had that time but I think I still mourn some time not that I would change anything it's just that what would it look like if I waited now? I know that things happen when they're supposed to happen. not saying I don't, didn't want this or anything like that. But, um, sometimes I find myself thinking back of like, wow, I got married at 23 years old. Like my sisters are now what, 25 years old. And they're just, they seem to be, you know what I mean? Like, like, was I just really mature my age or like, what is like, you know, but, um, but as a like as me in a in a wife role I should say first, um, I love it. Like my husband's my best friend. <laughs> like honestly, <laughs> but um, and we fight. Like you know we have arguments like normal couples. But I think the thing is that we after every time we have like a, a disagreement or whatever, he's we just reassure each other. Like listen. I know this may seem stupid, but I'm here for you. I know we just had like this argument, but I'm still here for you. I still love you regardless. If I didn't, I would have walked out a long time ago. That, like those kind of things are just reassuring to hear, and maybe reassuring for you to tell to your spouse. As a mom, I am just very um. So let me just say this to preface this: we watched Blackish, right? That's our show. When modern, you know, Blackish, Modern Family. When that was on, all that we watched Blackish. So recently, an episode was on, and Bo and um, her son Jr. are like, are super close. They've been super close these past few episodes. My husband literally looked at me tonight because we were watching a new episode tonight. He's like, If that's not you and Evan, I don't know what is. He's like, you're going to, you're going to like, you are going to have like this crazy relationship with him and y'all are just going to be best friends and I'm just going to be sitting watching my football game and I'm not going to (laughs) care. But as a mom, I think I'm very hands-on because I know it's going to be my only one. So I just need to make sure I'm doing the best that I can. Um, Especially, you know, not that staying at home or working is harder than the other but I feel that since I go to work I have this guilt of like because he wakes up in the morning he's like mom why do you have to go to work and he's like I just wanted to lay here forever he literally says mom just stay with me forever and I'm just like my heart breaks in pieces but um yeah I just try to as a mom I'm just like very um I just I try to be balanced but there is no balance it's just like good orchestrated planning <laughs> I guess of everything but yeah but sometimes I can't I can't lie like I'm more like you know life before wifehood and motherhood sometimes just because you don't know if you are missing out on anything but then like you always want what you don't
0: have so that's that's just it is what it is oh my goodness I have three mm-hmm. questions from everything yeah. that you just really? said <laughs> really? yes okay. oh goodness okay so first question um, how do you manage mom guilt when it comes about? I'm sure we all can identify with um, with with that concept. You know, it comes about. I was I think I shared on one of the episodes how like sometimes I'm like, dang, we didn't read enough books today. <laughs> like I should not have been like on my computer trying to get work done. Like right. same, right. same, same. So, how do you manage that? What does it look like for you? Yeah, I'm,
1: um, you know, I think it's just a day-by-day thing.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't even know
1: if I manage it well. I don't have anything to gauge it against, compare it against. Um, I just know that my mom told me that the years are short, but the days are long. Mm-hmm. So whenever I feel like I am have that guilt, I just check it. And if, even if I'm tired, like I literally wake up in the morning, and as I'm driving him to drop, it's like to... Um, mom or whatever um, so I can go to work he I literally say to myself okay Taylor you have got to be a hundred percent at work and then when we get home you're hundred percent at home no no thinking about work when you get home because the time with Evan is the time with Evan it's like a short period during the day um, so I, I manage the guilt by saying okay I'm doing what I have to do for my family um, because it's gonna better his life he, he goes to see his mom doing work but that's fine, great, whatever and then when I come home I just have to like check my feelings at the door and appreciate the time that I have because mm-hmm. I think it's it's helping it helps me to know that when he goes away to college when he gets married I'm not going to have him 24-7 anyway, you know what I mean so it's kind of like it, it it helps you to cherish the time that you have so it's more quality over quantity I think so I try to think about it like that and, out of you know how much time because he probably gets tired of me too like (laughs) if I'm around him too much or playing around he's like "Mom, I just want to you know go outside or you know things like that so I think uh, quality over quantity time is how I check those feelings
0: I love that I love it I love it okay now um you mentioned you know sometimes you do more in your 20s um -hmm. And I think we've all yeah, been there. Be 20, I'll be 29 tomorrow, too. Ah, so like happy, 20, yeah. happy early birthday. But, yeah. Yeah, thir- 30s is, isn't is bad. Like, I, I turned 30 last December. The December that yeah. just happened. Okay. It's not. Okay. It's You're, yeah, no, you're inching up there, but here, it, so, it's yeah. not bad at all, Taylor. I promise. Yeah, yeah. No, he's 33, so he
1: gives me crap
0: all the time. I'm just like, I know, but... <him>. Now, how do you think, since, you know, you have those feelings that come and it's completely, you know, normal, it's common for us to experience those things, um, how do you, um, I guess, put things in your life that add to... Who Taylor is apart from being a mom and apart from being a wife and so you know we oftentimes hear that concept of reclaiming your sense of self and motherhood or regaining you know what what does that look like for you and keeping in mind that there are aspects of your 20s that um, that you still are mourning
1: Mm -hmm. well I feel like I won't get there until he's, like, in his 20s, I'm saying, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, honestly, I am, I actually withdrew myself from school during my 20s because of financial, um, hindrances, but I'm actually back in, so that's something I'm doing for myself, so I feel like that's, um, I'll be graduating this year, so,
0: um, I was actually enrolled, school
1: after I got married, I rolled back after I got married and then, you know, got pregnant and all that, but, so I've been working through that while working and doing the mom thing, but I feel like I'm doing that for me, because that's just something, it's just like a personal, like, I'll have a great job now, um, and everything, it's just something I push, pers- a personal pursuit person that I feel like I need to do for myself, because that's something I didn't finish in my 20s, you know, so that's what I'm doing for me now, I'd li- I like to work out. Um, so I try to wake up early in the morning and get a workout in. Um, my sister makes my sisters make fun of me because they're like, I don't know how you can work out in your living room. Like I need space because you have all the toys around. I'm like, listen, your mom. You do what you got to do. Like I don't, I can't leave and go to the gym. Like I gotta be. I have to make every minute count. So I'm like up. I work out. I go to my kitchen. Make my breakfast. Go upstairs. Um, take a shower get Evan ready and we are head on our way so um so I do those things for me because I just feel like exercise is just very important to not just for your physical but to clear your head um so yeah those are um I guess things that because I feel like I could have been in good shape in my 20s too I used to I
0: used to Taylor I think I lost you (laughs) can hear you now yeah okay sorry um
1: let's see I used to um enjoy doing pageants and like dance competitions and things like that so I think just exercising kind of brings me back to those days
0: the things that I missed yeah yeah oh well first congratulations for you know about to be a graduate that is amazing thank you that is amazing oh goodness It's it's a lot of work, but you know, I feel like it is something good for
1: to finish um, from that I didn't complete in my twenties. So I think that's a lot of that's a lot of where a lot of it comes from, like failure and you know. But you know,
0: I I hang on to that. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's so interesting that you bring up failure and you know hanging on to some of those things that. Um, maybe you missed out on or that you wanted to complete in your 20s because my next question is my dear how do you extend self-compassion to yourself mm,
1: that's a good one self-compassion and I, I never really thought about it i don't know i guess um just making sure i'm i'm just present like i i feel like i'm I've just been blessed with so much and so many opportunities and just, like, you don't realize, I guess, I guess hindsight's twenty twenty, so you don't realize how far you've come, so I, I just tell myself, listen, you go, girl, like, I just, <laughs> it's just, um, I, I feel that, I, I, I feel like I get that from my family, like, I get that from my husband, like, I know that sounds, because it's not from myself, but I can't they're part of me I'm a part of them so it's kind of like I feel like I get that from my husband my child like it's my world I don't know I don't I don't think I'm myself like just myself anymore I'm just not you know what I mean like by myself I am myself but like I don't feel like um it's just me so I guess me working to better myself will better my family so I think um I know I have a, a vision of what, our, what we want our lives to be like and everything, but um, I just say I'm, I'm where I'm supposed to be, and I think that's the love that I give myself. Like, I, I know I'm supposed to be, and I'm still here to the other day. Um, yeah, I don't. But as far as, like, you me mean, like, self-care or, <laughs> like, self <self-care>? No,
0: no. <laughs> like,
1: I, yeah, I don't. I don't really, because I, I feel like love, I mean, it's, I don't think it's really, to me, I love myself, but I feel like, um, I feed off of it from the love I give and receive from my son and my, my husband, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, I can not have anything else in this world, and it'll be fine. Now, but that's not to say that I can't be alone, because I do like my alone time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's not to say that I can't ever survive being alone or anything like that but I think knowing that I've experienced that love um I, I can hold on to that like I can even if it's not physically there I can just like I know I have it
0: with me all the time so now that's beautiful that yeah. is beautiful you um <laughs> there there was a statement that you said I, I believe it was something to the effect of I'm where I need to be um <laughs> And I feel like it's so important as mamas for us to remember that um, expectations can sort of tell us whether it's internal expectations or external expectations that we should be someplace else, or we must be doing this thing because we're this age your or are our yeah, age exactly, like, yeah. exact mm-hmm. or traditionally this Tradition, is what. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, you are. I'm right there with you. Like, I'm where I'm supposed to be. So I appreciate you saying that. I know there's another mama who's going to hear that, and it will be like a light bulb going off. So thank you for saying that. You're welcome. Yeah. So before I let you go, Taylor... If you could say Already? No. <laughs> Listen. Look. <laughs> what's funny is I and I am, I'm going to leave this next part on this episode, but like literally uh, I was thinking to myself. I was like, "Oh crap. I hope she doesn't watch Married at First Sight cuz I definitely caught her on a wrong night." <laughs> There's so oh, no. many good episodes. Know, no, no, <laughs> okay. All right. No, I do watch house of New Jersey but okay. I'm recording yep. i recording watch it after go to sleep
1: mm-hmm.
0: so it's all, Yep. <laughs> Yep, that was my next one. I, I was like, oh, crap. I asked her to record on a night where there's a lot of good stuff on. No, no, it's fine. That's okay. what is for. <laughs> Okay, if you could say anything to Taylor before she became a mama, what would you say to her? Mm-hmm.
1: I would say, let me think. That's a good question. Before I became a mom trying to
0: envision
1: myself looking in the mirror at myself um um, I would
0: probably say while you're thinking um, of that I was gonna say uh, while you're thinking of uh, that I'll tell you just in my private uh, practice like I sometimes uh have mamas um and I'm only bringing this up because you uh mentioned I I'm imagining myself looking at myself uh um (laughs) I have mamas look in the mirror and write down words that come to mind so it's so interesting that you That you mentioned that because sometimes really? we do need to stare yeah. at ourselves just mm-hmm. to, yeah. yeah, just to see yeah, yourself, to see you. mm-hmm, yeah, see you. exactly.
1: Um, I will tell pre mom, I would tell her that you can do hard things, you can do hard things because it, it, and it'll all be worth it. So that's really it. Um, if I had 20, like, foresight of what was to come. Just you can do hard
0: things because mm-hmm.
1: yeah. I've just had a lot of hard things <laughs> ever since becoming a mom. Come at me, so yeah,
0: yeah. No, I I love that, and you know sometimes I think that we forget maybe because we are um, oftentimes running on autopilot. Um, mm-hmm. We forget the things that we have been through, and so we sometimes look at difficult situations that are present as, oh, my goodness, this is so horrible. The sky is falling down. This is the worst of the worst. But, like, if we look back over it, like, you're right. We have been through hard things. And, Uh you know, so often we don't give ourselves the pat on the back that we need or um, not just that. We don't even take the time sometimes just to recognize or acknowledge just how amazing we are. So... Uh I'll tell you, Taylor. You are amazing. and you, so are you <laughs> I thank you. I loved hearing your story. Um, and That's I hope yeah, yeah, I hope that um, yeah, that you can look back on it and listen to it in other mamas too, and just hear the gems that you've dropped throughout. Um, <laughs> oh, i was
1: like, I don't know. I was, was kind of nervous, but excited too. Cause I'm like, I love talking, you know, about, you know, motherhood. It's great.
0: Yeah. It sounds like. No matter
1: how like difficult it is, it's great.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. A vicious, cycle, but it's all good. a vicious cycle. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and you're right, it is hard, right? Like I that that's one of the things that I always say to mamas, like you people paint this pic I don't know whether it's because of TV. I don't know what it is, but so I don't often know what it is. Yeah, with, like, <laughs> cause like, I had that same rose colored glasses going into it like oh pregnancy pictures oh like girl. you know a pretty, a, like perfect pictures when you give birth and mm-hmm. all that like looking beautiful and yep. just, like this is not beautiful No, Mm-mm. like it can be quite no messy about yeah. like the
1: having to can't shower on your own after you you know <sighs> since you know things like that so yeah. yeah oh and then can I say one more thing
0: Um, taylor you can take as much time as you need (laughs) so
1: just one more thing because i wanted to i've meant to touch on this when you asked me about the the, the experience but um i don't know if anyone hopefully this will help someone when they hear this but um don't let a doctor make you feel less than or like undermine your pain Um, i literally had a doctor come in on who was on rotation ask me why was i crying because um she just came in, and she's like, what are you crying for? And I'm just like, my son is in the NICU. Like, I had no idea he had to go. They took him, because he had an infection or whatever, and um, so we had to stay in conference for a few days, and then she literally rolled her eyes. I'm like, was Emma on, like, I know I'm on, like, heavy medication, but I just right. saw <laughs> her roll her eyes at me or whatever. So I had to, like, you know, I don't even, I don't know if I blacked out or whatever, but I probably said some not nice things, but um, I don't think I did, because... It's just not my nature, but I I think in my head, I'm, like, thinking, like, did this lady just really just throw her eyes at me for... And, and I'm, like, you may see this every day as a doctor, but this is new for me. Like, don't... So don't let a doctor feel, like, you know, undermine your feelings or your pain or anything like that, and don't be afraid to be vulnerable because you, you're allowed to be.
0: Yeah, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. Yeah. Um, like, that is devastating. You know what I mean? Like, you carry a child who... You want so badly, and for them to experience um, this change of course with him having to go to the NICU and then to be. It's so hard. I mean, I know like
1: my premature babies and Mm -hmm. have to go in there, but like you take a healthy baby and then you all of a sudden he's hooked up. You're like, what happened? Like in the course of like two hours, like what just happened? So it's like a mixed mixed bag of emotions.
0: Taylor, I'll tell you. And I, I don't know if I went into details when I shared my birth story on another episode, but my pregnancy was also, you know, for the most part, uncomplicated. Towards the end, it was kind of like, you know, what's going on with my pressures? But um, for the most part, it was, I mean, it was fairly easy pregnancy. Um, and then when I had Miles, everything was good. And then uh, perfectly healthy and then he had some hiccups after, um, after he was delivered and we had to see doctors back to back to back to back to back. Um, and I'm right there with you. Like it, it, it yeah. sort of just knocks you off you of your wanna feet. Just, you just want to take the paint, like
1: take whatever they have and mm-hmm. put it on you because you yeah. can handle it. And yeah. I shouldn't have to suffer like that, but
0: yeah. Exactly. I'll, I'm sorry he had, had to, you know,
1: go through that and you had to go through that and everything. I'm sure it's like scary,
0: but yeah. It definitely um, is. It definitely yeah. is. And I echo exactly what you said with the provider. Um, so, I have great nurses, great nurses, <laughs>
1: doctors, maybe not so much. but mm-hmm.
0: yeah. yeah, so often there are providers who do disregard and minimize and invalidate their patients and do treat them like a number. Um, But you're right. You know, if, if at all possible switch providers, if you start getting those sentiments during your pregnancy and, um, there, I've even heard of some moms who, you know, during labor and delivery or while they're on the postpartum floor, um, asking for another attending to come.
1: Yeah, yeah. I switched
0: um, doctors yeah. one time during um, my
1: pregnancy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's not uncommon.
0: So mm-hmm. don't be afraid to do that. That's exactly. that be my advice. You know. I appreciate. <laughs> Post-mom. <laughs> Post-mom yeah, no, I appreciate yeah. you sharing that and um, affirming moms if they're in that place where they are feeling unheard. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, it's so interesting that you brought that up because there, I remember going to this conference years ago and there was a story and if I can find it, I'll link it in the episode notes, but um, I, I probably can't find it on my email somewhere, but there, I was at a conference and this gentleman got on stage and it was about birth outcomes in South Carolina and the mortality rate And things of that nature and uh, dad got on stage and he told a story about his wife who was into fitness she was a nutritionist and uncomplicated pregnancy they were quote-unquote doing everything right Um, and she had baby in the hospital baby was healthy mom was healthy and then mom started complaining of um, just not feeling well and they sort of brushed it off they said oh, you know, most moms feel like this after you, you'll get back to feeling like yourself. And she's like, no, like I feel like a burning sensation. And they're like, you know, totally normal. Like you had a, you know, basically cookie cutter, you know, like treating just like the textbook or just like the number. And mom ended up passing away like a few days later. And so it, 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 It's so important to be heard by your your provider. provider. Yes, it is so important. It's so important on so many levels, not just with mom, but yeah, yeah, but even like the, your experience with having your baby, it is so important feeling heard by your provider. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I appreciate you sharing that. It brought up some, some very interesting, um, it took me back to to my own birth experience, but then also um, the the conference that I went to. So I appreciate you sharing that as well. Um, yeah. Taylor, this has been so good. This is this has been good. I I enjoyed your story and Thank you. it is very powerful in hearing your birth, um, your birth story. Oh man, it you know the. the there were aspects mm-hmm. of it that really hit my core, and there were other aspects that hit my core in a soft way, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's just so amuse- uh, amazing what mm-hmm. um, what these stories can do for our awareness and our understanding and extending empathy to other mamas, and so I'm glad to have had this hour with you in doing so. Well,
1: thank you, and I appreciate
0: it Yeah, for having me. appreciate you having me. Uh, You snuggle miles
1: and (laughs) hug your hubby. (laughs) You have a
0: good night. You have a good night too, Taylor. I appreciate you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. As always, it's important for me to know that this podcast does not replace being connected or receiving therapeutic services from a licensed mental health clinician. If you are experiencing a life-threatening emergency, please call 911 or go to your local emergency room. You can also find additional resources on episode two, one being postpartum.net, where you can get connected with support groups, as well as therapists, psychiatrists, other providers within your community that may be of service to you on your motherhood journey. Again, that resource is postpartum.net, but you can find additional ones on episode two. Thank you.